Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week eight. Here we go. We got a big slate this weekend. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right, uh, the question is, are, are you ready for uh, the Atlanta Braves to be one game away from the World Series? Okay, Mike, w- look, as we start recording this, we are watching the bottom of the ninth of this game. The Braves have just taken a seven-run lead. I, I don't think you understand how much this lead can be blown, so we're not going to do could, like play-by-play, but you, if you just hear it in my voice as we go, you'll know something went wrong. What could possibly go wrong? For an Atlanta sports team with a lead in the playoffs. Couldn't Two be outs me, away. Mike. Two outs away from a 3-1 to one lead. Couldn't be me. Don't worry, I'll, I'll live narrate. I don't have a problem with that. Well, I think our, our, our loyal basketball conference fans will appreciate this content, Joey. I think they will. We have plenty of Braves fans that listen to this show. So um, you get to relive this with us as you listen to this on like Thursday morning or, you know, whenever you listen. Um, Mike, as mentioned, it is week eight in the ACC. We have uh, seven ACC involved games on the slate that we need to hit on here. Um, A couple of out of conference games should be kind of interesting as well. Um, let's start as we always start, Mike, and review our Van Gorder coin balances. So as the people know, we started the season with 500 Van Gorder coin apiece. We have used that Van Gorder coin to uh, explain kind of our, our confidence in the picks that we make. You know, we, we don't want to actually wager on every last pick. We want to pick every game against the spread and in the total. But we don't really believe as heavily in every pick as much as the others. So, Mike, we, we wager Van Gorder coin. We do. And I, I, I don't know if you realized what happened last week, Mike. I do now, looking at this. Uh, continue. Sorry. Yeah, because, uh, Mike, it turns out things can change in a hurry. Uh, your boy won every single one of his Van Gorder coin picks last week. I was up 81 Van Gorder coin and 90 cents, uh, and I'm now in the lead. With 463.90, we are working our way back towards 500. Uh, Mike, you were up 12.30, but you find yourself now trailing by two Van Gorder coin out of 500. Um, what do you have to say for yourself? Ah, sometimes I pick losers. <laughs> I know a lot of what that feels like. Um, so does my wife. That's right. That's right. So once so again, I wife. have a... Uh, <laughs> I, by the way, there I just started is. saying stuff. I didn't. It took me a second to process what you had said. Yeah, so. yeah. You caught. You caught up. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> we got there. So once again, I lead four sixty three to four sixty one. A slight lead. As again, it's seven weeks into the season, and we are still below the starting point. So, if you want to know what to do with our picks when you actually go to the window, do the opposite. But not as not as bad as last year, though. Not as bad. No. This this year is more predictable than last year. Well, yes, when you have fans and you're able to actually practice and you know who's going to play week to week, it makes betting a little bit easier. Right, yeah. There, there's a little bit of order to what's happening as opposed to last year, which was literally just like rolling dice to see who came up with more. Correct. Um, One out away, by the way. I'm still like a pitcher I mean, two behind you, so I, hey, I'll, listen, I appreciate the preview. <laughs> listen, blowing a seven-run lead with two outs in the ninth, Yes, it would be very Atlanta, but it would also be very, very difficult. So, Godspeed. 
lost for words. There's a certain Super Bowl I'm not going to bring up here. Um, I mean, I would. <laughs> Mike, as we uh, we work on previewing these games, let's remind the people that all the spreads and all the totals that you hear here are brought to you by BetUS.com. Mike, they are America's favorite sports book. They've been in business for over 30 years. Again, all these spreads, totals, all sorts of different things in college football can be bet on at BetUS.com. Um, you can go bet Heisman odds. You can bet conference championship odds. We've got some updated ones recently, and they're very intriguing. We need to get those get to those at a, at a show sometime soon. Um, Mike, as mentioned, the MLB playoffs are in action. We could talk about the fact that yesterday I bet the Dodgers at a plus number to win the series right before they went and uh, broke Atlanta's hearts last night. So um, you can bet those kinds of things. The NFL, uh, NBA's starting up. There's politics and world events. Uh all sorts of things can be bet on at betus.com. Uh, Mike, remember, use promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100 at betus.com. Once again, promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100. Go do that. Go have some fun at betus.com, Mike. Yep. You're texting me stuff, trying to mess me up. Good job. Good job, Mike. Almost worked. Mike, the game of the weekend in the ACC, as there is a... Congrats to your Atlanta Braves. Excuse me. Congrats to your Atlanta Braves. One win away from the World Series. My goodness. Who would have thought? 3-1 lead. 3-1 lead. Thankfully, the Braves don't have any sort of recent history of blowing 3-1 leads to the Dodgers to not make the World Series. That that would be a shame if they did. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Mike, let's kick it off here. The big big game of the weekend in the ACC, I think, at least from a very, like, just an intriguing standpoint. 3.30 on ESPN, the Clemson Tigers are on the road taking on the number 23 Pittsburgh Panthers. The Tigers-Clemson are a three-point underdog in this game. Total is 48. Mike, Clemson an underdog in an ACC game for the first time since we've been doing this podcast. And I, I, I don't exactly remember when the last time actually was that they were an underdog in an ACC game. I kind of think it was against Florida State, like 2015 or thereabouts, maybe. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a lot. It, and it's just it's such a weird place to me. If you told me two months ago that Clemson and Pittsburgh was going to play and one of these teams is going to be ranked and it wasn't Clemson. I mean, just what kind of bizarro world are we living in? It's crazy. Yeah, it is, but I mean, are you going to bet on Clemson right now? Nope. Nope. Not against a team with like a functional offense at this point. Right. And and look, I think that Clemson can hold Pittsburgh's offense down momentarily, right? I will say that it was a little bit concerning to see Clemson give up like 157 yards to Sean Tucker last Friday night when Clemson is well aware that Syracuse is nowhere near even a consistent threat to throw the football down the field. We're not even talking about completing it, just throwing it and still couldn't find a way to stop Sean Tucker. So yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh doesn't have a rushing attack like that, but as Virginia tech found out, Izzy Abanacanda is good enough where if, you know, Clemson gives, up running lanes and you know gives him an opportunity to make some plays at the second level he's going to be able to do that now the bigger issue for Clemson is on the offensive side of the football because 
whether or not Pittsburgh establishes a running game in this football game, in my opinion, is pretty moot because I think that Kenny Pickett will find a way to throw at least two or three touchdown passes in this football game. So wow. if you don't establish yeah. the run and he's still able to do that, then are you confident that Clemson can score three touchdowns in this game? Right. If the answer is yes, maybe you like Clemson money line or Clemson plus three. You know, maybe that looks a little bit more attractive to you. But I can't in good conscience, from what I've seen out of DJU, and he has all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. Really talented player, huge arm, you know, certainly not not the runner that, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson or Kelly Bryant were for Clemson, you know, over the last six or seven years. But he's athletic enough back there, and he can make all the throws. But being able to make all the throws and actually making the throws are, are two different things. And right now, I think DJU is too in his own head. I think it's a mental thing more than a physical thing for him right now. And I think there are enough playmakers around him where if he were able to just simplify things and mentally process things on a timely basis, I think that Clemson would be in a much better spot. But I don't trust him to do that. So give me Pittsburgh. Give me the under 48. Um, I uh, Yes. I'm not going to put any Van Gorda coin no. on this. i going to lock anything up now. But I think Pittsburgh and the under are the, are the picks here. Uh, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I, you know, I, as I think about this, it's interesting to me because I, I kind of feel like this game, we are going to learn nothing about Clemson. Like I don't, I don't think that there is anything that can really realistically happen in this game with this matchup and and just these rosters and all that that is really going to teach us something about Clemson. I think we are going to learn something about Pittsburgh, because I have been on the record and I have said so far that I feel like some of the Pitt offense stuff is a little bit of fool's gold, because you look at some of the defenses that they've put up numbers against, and. I think prior to last weekend, maybe the the best performance that they've had in terms of the defense they were going against was either at Tennessee or at Georgia Tech. And and I've told you how much I felt like Georgia Tech had a terrible game plan and didn't adjust at all. Like they 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 coached their way out of that game. But this is a really good Clemson defense that despite the fact that their offense has done nothing to support that defense and Clemson has not covered a spread yet and all that stuff. That defense, injuries and all, has just absolutely played their tails off. And, and they're really good. And so if, if, if Pittsburgh can go out here and score 28, 30 points, like, that will be really impressive. But, Mike, I don't know that they can. And it's, it's, it's a little bit, again, I think this Pittsburgh offense, what we've seen so far, is a little bit fool's gold. But also I think Clemson's defense is really, really good. And it's going to keep being really good. Now... That being said, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to score that much. I also don't think Clemson's going to score that much. And that's really not like news at this point. <laughs> Clemson hadn't scored a whole lot of anything against anybody this year. Uh, Mike Clemson hadn't covered a spread yet against an FBS team. Um, I, I, I told you last week, like I, I, I didn't think that they were going to have a lot of luck moving the ball on a, a pretty feisty Syracuse defense. Mike, this pit defense is, is more than feisty, at least up front. Like I'm not sure Clemson's going to be able to block Pittsburgh's front yeah I know I know that Clemson's not gonna be able to run the ball against Pittsburgh so like you're kind of alluding to this kind of becomes the DJU show and I don't know that's a show that Tiger fans are ready to watch 
yeah, that's certainly not a not a parade. I'm I'm ready to to get behind with him as a leader, right? Yeah, like I'm not yeah. I'm not marching behind him willingly, knowing how he's playing right now. Yeah, I mean this this is going to be a game that I mean Clemson's best hope at this point, I think, in this game is that. Either A, you see a continuation of what we saw last week where the offense survives basically on circus catches by their, you know, talented but, you know, somewhat flawed wide receiver core. Or B, maybe somehow, some way, this is the week that Clemson puts it all together, which we're just going to keep saying every week through the rest of the season until it actually happens, which it probably yeah. won't. Yep. So I'm with you. Give me Pittsburgh. Give me the under. And Mike, most importantly, Give me 20 Van Gorder coin on the under. We're locking up under 48 Clemson-Pittsburgh. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I think this is like 20 to 10. Like, this is not a high-scoring game at all. I don't think either team is going to have an easy time moving the ball. Um, And let me look up. I can look up the number here real quick of Clemson games. So, again, Clemson has not covered – and I think almost every game they've played has gone under the total. Yeah. They went over against NC State by half a point in a game that went to double overtime. And other than that, it's gone under against Georgia, under against Georgia Tech, under against Boston College, under against Syracuse. So let's just keep riding these Clemson unders. I'm going to put 20 Van Gorder coin on that and just stick with it. I think Pitt wins the game. Uh, like I said, I think they cover three. I think they, they win by maybe a touchdown, something like 20 to 13 or something like that. But I don't think this is getting into the forties, Mike. Fair enough. I mean, I like the under, but I, I could see it getting, getting weird points wise. And, and the other thing too, is like, I'm not, I know it's a, it's a six game sample size at this point, but like, I'm not ready to give up on a bunch of five stars at Clemson and not figure it out. Right. Like I'm, I'm willing to pick Pittsburgh to win the game. I'm willing to lean on the under, but on the off chance, they have a week where the offense clicks. This thing can go over in a hurry. Sure can. All right. Pitt and the under for both of us. I've got 20 Van Gorder coin on the under. Um, Mike, I, I do feel like we need to note, do need to note here. This is such a big game that Pitt is playing a home game on a Saturday and it's not at noon. They got bumped all the way to 3.30 for this. This is such a massive game. They're not playing at pit o'clock. Incredible. They're not playing at pit o'clock, which I don't know if that works to their advantage or to their detriment. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we will find out. Uh, moving on, Mike. Later on in the evening, 7.30 on ESPN2, the Deuce. The number 18 NC State Wolfpack on the road in Coral Gables taking on the Miami Hurricanes. Mike, the Wolfpack's on the road, but they're only a three-point favorite. Total's 51.5. Mike, does this line stink to you, kind of like it does to me? Yeah, it stinks, but the line stunk at BC last week, too. So I think they're just trying to get NC State back-to-back road games, you know, coming off of a emotional victory on the road. And I'm, I'm sorry, Joey. I cannot pick Miami in this spot. No. NC State, lock it up. Lock it up, Joey. NC you State. Lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Mike, this is now an NC State podcast, by the way. Yeah, I mean, they're going to win the Atlantic. I, I just... Don't say that too loudly with Steam and Deke fans around, but yes, probably. Well, yeah, and I know they don't usually win in Winston-Salem. I think this is the year that changes, by the way. But we can cross that bridge when we get to it in about a month. <laughs> um, 
and yeah, I mean, NC State's a better team here. I don't know. I mean, good for Miami, right? That they put up what forty-two points last week and lost. I mean, NC State is is a much better team than North Carolina. This is a tougher game for Miami this week. I know they're at home, but I just don't. I, I mean, I guess the only spot you can look at is like NC State's now going on the road again for a second consecutive week. So, like, is that how much does that matter? But you went to you went to Chapel Hill, and then you're going to play at Hard Rock. Like, the combined occupancy of those two stadiums for those two games is probably like thirty five thousand total. So, who cares? And thirty two thousand of them were in Chapel Hill. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there there it is. So <laughs> there it is. We're just kicking Miami Wall down here. Yeah. I'm gonna go NC State. I like the over as well in this game. Oh, you said um, we meant Chestnut Hill. That's Boston College, not Chapel Hill, which is North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh Miami played in Chapel Hill. Yeah. Miami yeah. played in Chapel Hill. There you go. I got that I got that a little backwards. Point being though, um the, the point stands. Chestnut Hill, Chapel Hill, you know, hard rock stadium. My joke still hits. It doesn't really matter. Like <laughs> the joke is the same. Let's just change the locations. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I I'm with you. I like this Miami team. That loss last week, in a way, like despite being down and kind of doing the comeback thing, like and just did you see the body language of Manny Diaz after the game and just. That whole program is just in a total state of deflation. Like we mentioned, Keon yeah. Harris is out for the year. Yep. Like this whole thing is just spiraling for Miami. It and, is. and NC State, by the way, we've said they're the most complete team in this conference. Like they they run the ball well, they throw the ball well, they play defense well, they do everything. Good so, special teams. Yeah. Yeah. So you're telling me they're only a three point favorite? Like, yeah, it's on the road, but like. <laughs> Is Miami a tough place to play at this time of year with the Canes, what, two and four? Like, no. Yeah. I don't think this line is factoring in Miami's quitability. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Like, and, and we are we are in the danger zone, Mike, for Miami just, like, quitting at any point in time now. Uh, that, that could easily yeah. happen. So, yep. I'm with you. Give me NC State as well. And, Mike, you know what? Double barrels. Let's go. Lock it up. Hell yeah. Lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. NC State. I th- like again. This feels like this should be closer to like a touchdown or something. Like this is a few points away at least. And uh, yeah, I, I really like NC State in this spot. Yeah, I'll put a uh, twenty Van Gorder coin on NC State. Um, you know, obviously they're favored, so they're winning the game outright. I think NC State wins this game by like ten. Yeah, I think so. I think seven so. to ten. Points, I think is pretty reasonable. Um, anything more than that would be pretty impressive. I think for going on the road, second straight week, that sort of thing. I was gonna go like thirty-four, twenty-four, thirty-one, twenty-four, something like that. Yeah, which... I'm on the over. By the way, I think. Uh, yeah. That that aligns with your score prediction as well. Yeah, I think just because I'm trying to pull out numbers that sound like they'll end up right. Like, yeah, I'll take the over as well, but. 51 and a half is the total. So I, I don't feel particularly strongly about it. Um, I, I am with you. I will also put 20 Van Gorder coin on NC state here. Um, I, I feel pretty good about the Wolfpack. Like th- this is yeah. one of my favorite plays of the week in the ACC. Honestly, this and the Clemson Pittsburgh under are probably things that I will put some uh, real life harder and Van Gorder coin on when it uh, comes down to it. 
that's what uh, your day job pays you in. That's right. That's right. I, yeah, I had to put in a request for that, but they uh, they made it happen. They're very uh, very yeah. accommodating group. Yeah, good for that HR department. <laughs> they love me there. I I bet they I bet they do. <laughs> so NC State in the over. We both have NC State locked for twenty Van Gorder coin. Mike, let's keep moving. We have another game we're going to preview, and before we do that, we're going to tell you that that preview is brought to you by Section103.com. Mike, it is the greatest spot on the internet to go find Georgia Tech apparel. Uh, they've got t-shirts, they've got sweatshirts, they've got hoodies, they've got things with the official word marks on them, which, by the way, that's really not easy to find these days. They've got apparel, t-shirts, all that, with the actual Tech Gold color, which also not that easy to find these days, somehow, some way. They've got things with the ATL logo on there. There's a lot of really cool exclusive items at section103.com. Very much recommend checking them out. I got a new shipment in the last week or so, one of the performance hoodies. I got the Bobby Dodd Stadium is my happy place t-shirt. Absolutely love it. Super high quality. Everything looks great. Cannot recommend it enough. Mike, the people go go to section103.com for all sorts of Georgia Tech gear. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Once again, promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order at section103.com. Great, great products. Really appreciate Steven and his partnership, Mike. Yeah, uh, just so Steven knows, I was wearing my Georgia Tech shirt today. Out of boy. Just the plain, plain Georgia Tech one I wore today. So I, I was as well. I had a new uh, performance ATL shirt that I was wearing and uh, made sure to turn the camera on for meetings as I was working from home. It's like, got to nice. rep the brand, man. That's right. That's right. So do that. These do that. sponsorships don't pay for themselves. They do not. They do not. Um, and by the way, when I'm at the Tecmo Bowl here in a couple weeks, you bet your ass I'll be wearing my Section 103 gear. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I would I would not have been wearing mine at that particular <laughs> game, but well, you had, a, if I, you had some modified custom gear. Yeah, yeah. Could have, I could have glennoned it like, uh, <laughs> like Steven did for me when he shipped it to me. Classic, classic. Promo, classic. promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order at section103.com. Shout out to them. They are fantastic. We appreciate their partnership. Mike, it's 7.30 on the ACC Network. My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on the road in Charlottesville taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. Georgia Tech is seven-point underdog. Total is 63-and-a-half. Uh, first off, it's worth mentioning here, Charlottesville generally has been a house of horrors for Georgia Tech basically since Scott Sisson kicked a field goal to uh, knock off the number one Cavaliers back in 1990, which is to say that after I've been born, Charlottesville has been terrible to Georgia Tech. Uh, that's not great. Georgia Tech coming off a bye. Um, I, I was asked this somebody the other day, and, and I, was, I told him, you know, honestly, this, this line of about a touchdown underdog, this seems about right. I think outside of a touchdown, a little steep. Inside of a touchdown, I'd be, I'd be very much willing to take Virginia. I have a bad feeling that Brennan Armstrong in this passing attack is going to absolutely shred Georgia Tech's secondary. Like they just they don't do a great job of getting pressure. The secondary makes enough mistakes in coverage that I just don't know that they're going to be able to hold down Virginia's offense enough, nor do I think they're going to really be able to score enough. And it's not like Virginia's defense has been fantastic, but Georgia Tech's offense is sloppy enough and their offensive line struggles enough that I just don't have a good feeling about this game. I am very much leaning Virginia, Virginia here, but I also kind of feel like a push might be about right. Yeah, I'm on Virginia because of what you just mentioned. Uh, going to Charlottesville for UVA is basically like Virginia Tech going to Heinz Field. It's just not good. Mm -hmm. 
not good to the Hokies in that respect. Not good to Georgia Tech heading up to Charlottesville. And I'm with you. I mean, I think the concern here for Georgia Tech is A, being able to slow down, <clears throat> excuse me, slow down Brand Armstrong. And then B, being able to keep up offensively for, for four quarters. And like you mentioned, like Virginia's defense hasn't been like fantastic. Uh, but they've had their moments, and obviously they're coming off of a shutout against Duke, which I think says more about Duke than it probably does about Virginia. But nevertheless, like Duke's offense have been playing decently going into that game, so I, I think Virginia is certainly coming off of you know, their best defensive performance of the season. So I'm going to go with UVA. I think they get enough stops. Georgia Tech's offense is a little bit too choppy for me, a little bit too hot and cold. Virginia, we know what they are offensively. They are all or nothing with Brennan Armstrong, but even so, they've been finding a way to score points, even with that one-dimensional aspect to their offense. I think over the course of four quarters, I think Virginia pulls away, wins this game uh, seven to ten points. I mean, I'm with you. I think the spread is about right. I think Virginia is about a touchdown better. I'll just go with UVA against the spread. I'll say they win and cover um, at home, but I could see like – I don't know, 34 to 24, 30, 33 to 21, something like that, like 10 to 12 points. I do think this goes under because I worry about Georgia Tech scoring enough. I worry about Georgia Tech scoring enough. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's also worth noting Virginia's had like red zone issues this year, right? So they're not always like keen in the red zone. So. You know, sixty-three and a half is a lot. That's a lot of points. So I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go under here and say that I'm more concerned about Georgia Tech holding up their end of the bargain, but I've seen enough out of Virginia's red zone offense that I can have my doubts about them too. I, I will again I'll do the same thing I kinda did with I think I did it with somebody earlier. I've done it on recent episodes, is Virginia's offense does look pretty good right now. I will ask you, Mike, who is the best defense that they have played? Was it William and Mary, Illinois, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Miami, Louisville, or Duke? Probably Wake Forest. So to answer your question, I think the best one that they've faced so far is the one they're going to be facing on Saturday. Mm, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Georgia Tech has a great defense either. I just, again, trying to like you know temperature check myself here before I think that Virginia has some elite offense. It's like they're not. They're not playing the 85 Bears defense either week in and week out. Like, Well, and you can't have an elite offense when all you do is throw the ball 65 times a game. Right. Yeah. Like just abandon the run in the first quarter, not because you're down, but because it just it just doesn't work. And we can all just agree on that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. I certainly do not have the Bronco Mendenhall air raid bingo square on, on the card when he came to Charlottesville. I will say that. Well, and that's that's kind of the bizarre thing, too, is. It, you know, if, if somebody just woke up from a coma and was like, oh, man, like, you know, stuff must not, not have been going very well for Virginia's offense. Like they changed coordinators. No, Robert and I has been the offensive coordinator there the whole time that Bronco's been there. Yeah. Like this is this is more of like a, you know, fit your scheme to your players or, you know, what you right. do well, which good on you. Like that's that's what you should do. It's just right. surprising because it, it's very much like a, a total balance shift over what you're used to seeing. So that's just, it's, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's bizarre. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm with you. I think I'm going to take Virginia in the over. 
I'm going to go with the over just because something like 38-31 sounds right. Um, I think Georgia Tech's offense does – they have shown the ability to be explosive. Their offensive line continues to be a mess, and I've, I've heard a couple of things this week where, like in media availability, Jeff Collins has said something about, you know, there, there's alluded to concerns about the health of the offensive line. And Georgia Tech's offensive line depth is roughly where Florida State's is, and that is not a measuring stick that you want to use in that category. Um, I don't know. So I, I just I don't like this matchup for Georgia Tech. I think Virginia's playing well. I, I think they're going to keep rolling. Give me Virginia. Yeah, I, I, I think a touchdown is about right. So, But give me Virginia to cover, and I'll take the over. I think it's, But I don't feel strongly about any of that. I, I, I won't be wagering on this game. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Virginia for both of us. The over for me, the under for you. No wagers made. Uh, four o'clock on the ACC Network, Mike. The Boston College Eagles, a six-and-a-half-point underdog on the road at Louisville. Total is 57. I, I Mike, I have very conflicting opinions on this game. I, I'm struggling to know what to do with it. How do you feel about this game? How do I feel about this game? Yeah, I mean, fair question. So this is one of those spreads where I have absolutely no idea what to do with it. Um, I do think that Louisville is the better team. I think Louisville should win the game. But I've seen enough out of Boston College this year to know that, yeah, while you know the offense has been a bit up and down with Dennis Grossell or Grossel, whatever we're calling him at this point, uh, I... I still just have a lot of trouble trusting Louisville. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I do. And Louisville's been fine. You know, they've, they've been playing fine football. Cunningham's having a decent year. Not turning the ball over nearly as much as he has been. But even so, like, what's preventing Louisville from laying an egg here at home um, against the Boston College team that they know is beat up, that they know is coming off of a 33-7 to loss to NC State? This is a really important game for Louisville. You know, Louisville needs to win this game to stay in the Atlantic Division race. Louisville's the team right now in the Atlantic that nobody's really talking about. You know, we see Wake and we see NC State and everybody's still talking about Clemson because as Clemson keeps on winning, they're not mathematically eliminated yet. I mean, they've you know, lost the team, they've lost two in a row on defensive collapses. Like, Right. I'm thinking that Louisville's the pick here. But I think I'm going to go Boston College against the spread. This is just a really weird line mm -hmm. and not weird in the sense that the NC state line is weird when they're playing a definitively like worst team mm -hmm. in Miami. This spread is weird in that I think these two teams are within three or four points of each other. And I think Boston college getting six and a half is value. Like this, this feels like BC is getting, a few too many points and I think it's going to work out in my favor to pick Boston college. So I'm going with the Eagles over under is 57. I think I'm going to go with the under there as well, because I, again, am not sure I can trust one side of the coin offensively and Louisville has a propensity as we've seen in the past to get a little bit turnover happy. So I, I think this game stays under 57. Um, I think Boston college Covers six and a half, but I think Louisville wins. I, I share a lot of the same sentiment. 
like in, in, in my conflicting opinions here are like my fir- my first glance at this spread was like, oh, Louisville's favored by less than a touchdown against Boston College that really struggles on offense, you know, at times with, you know, the quarterback situation, all that. Like, yeah, I'll, I, I like Louisville to win this by at least a touchdown. No problem. And then and then I, I, I look at it again and I'm like, do I trust Louisville like at all at this point with what we've seen the last couple weeks and. I mean, the way that they they beat UCF, like that was a that was a good win, but it took a hell of a lot of you know a lucky spot. I'll say you know in the way that it happened. Um, so I I don't know. I, I am I am less confident in Louisville. I think than I wish I were. I I'm with you. I think I'm going to take Boston College in the points. And it's a little bit of kind of leaning into there's a number out there and I forget exactly what it is, but so far underdogs in the ACC are covering like two thirds of the time. And Tom Fornelli of the cover three podcast has been all over this, this season where he talks about like, basically it seems like nobody in the ACC is good enough to be favored. (laughs) Um, And it's one of those situations where unless I, I really definitively feel better about the favorite than the underdog, I'm probably just going to take the points, which is a strange thing to say after I've picked three favorites to start the podcast. But uh, let's let's take Boston College and the points. Uh, Maybe Louisville still wins and pulls this off. But I just I have a bad feeling here that Boston College is going to kind of muddy this thing up. Um, You know, they're going to hang with Louisville. Louisville's going to give up a couple of big plays here or there that's going to boost Boston College. I think Louisville wins. I think it's close and uncomfortable. Um. And if they don't win, then I can basically just use my uh, win total ticket on Louisville as kindling because it's it's done. There you go. That's not going to happen. Might as well Fair at enough. least get some warmth out of it. Yes. Yeah, that, that's true. It'll be uh, good to stoke your fire with. That's right. It's not a euphemism. It's just actually what you do. <laughs> right. Right. You literally light it on fire. Right. Uh, and I'm going to take over 57, Mike. I, I, I think, again... This is entirely just the game that Louisville is going to play in my mind. Um, they, they give up a lot of points. They score a lot of points. I, I just that's that's where I'm betting on this. So over 57 for me. I, I don't know. Maybe Louisville wins this like 42, 38 or something uncomfortable like that. I don't know. We'll see. Fair enough. Fair enough. BC for both of us over for me under for you. No wagers either way. Uh, 1230 on ESPN three, check your local listings. It's the Jefferson pilot special, Mike. Oh, good. As the Syracuse orange are a three point underdog on the road in Blacksburg, taking on your Virginia tech Hokies total is 45 and a half. Are you going to be there, Mike? No, I am surprised that Jefferson pilot even wants to air Virginia tech games at this point. (laughs) Have they checked that with the FCC yet? Or you'd have to check it with the FCC. If I was calling the game, (laughs) Oh man, how do we? I I, I kind of want Syracuse in this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 picking Syracuse. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is easy for me, Joey. Like, I'm just gonna fade my alma mater, <laughs> and I, I mean, that was an absolutely piss poor, pathetic performance last week offensively. Now, do I think it's gonna be that bad again from a yardage standpoint? No, I, I think it'll. I don't want to call it regress to the mean because the mean is actually slightly higher than that 224 yard performance. 
I do think Virginia Tech will be a bit better offensively in this football game. The thing I'm concerned about is Virginia Tech has had red zone issues all year long. So mm-hmm. even if Virginia Tech gets back uh, in the wind column, so to speak, I, I don't even know if I can phrase it that way, uh, from a yardage standpoint where they get back to around 300 yards per game, I'm not sure it's going to result in that much more points or that that many more points. I don't know. I can't stop. I can't talk. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. uh, Syracuse, on the other hand, like they have a defined identity. Sean Tucker runs the ball really well. Garrett Schrader is a handful when he gets running downhill. And Schrader's had his three best passing games the last three weeks. Now, I will say that, you know, Schrader is not exactly a prolific passer, but he's doing enough in the passing game, 135, 140 yards per game, where if he's running the ball a billion times, he's going to keep the defense off balance enough. And I think that's what Syracuse wants out of their offense. They want their quarterback to be an absolute battering ram. Ideally, you'll have a good running back, and then your quarterback will make enough plays in the passing game to keep the defense off balance, and that's what Syracuse is doing. It's a poor man's Eric Dungy offense. Uh, the Syracuse offenses? That's right. It, is Syracuse's offense kind of the late-stage Virginia Tech offense at this point? Late-stage in what way? Like an actually functional version of what Virginia Tech is trying to do? which is mainly run the ball and sometimes throw it. <laughs> yes, with the exception of their quarterback being the quarterback body type and archetype that I think Brad Cornelson and Justin Fuente would prefer where their quarterback's like 240 pounds, not like 185. Can can but stay yes. healthy and take more punishment than Braxton Burmeister can then. <laughs> and then transfer. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there because part of me feels like, you know, we could almost talk about Virginia Tech's offense right now as like a poor man's Eric Dungy Syracuse offense. Oh, oh God, don't do this to me. <laughs> I just, uh, th- this does have a feel, Mike, to me coming in of like, again, quick vibe check on these teams. Like Syracuse has lost three in a row by three points each. And like, it sucks to lose those games. But damn, like they're hanging with Wake Forest and Clemson and teams that are, like are more talented and or like you know f- more functional than they are, right? Like things feel good there, and Virginia Tech is just like counting the days until their coach gets fired, basically. Yeah, it's weird too because I I thought and I've I've maintained this going into the pit game, I thought Virginia Tech had by and large been playing pretty decent football this year. You know, save for a couple of possessions here and there. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what a 180 the season can take off of one game, you know, mm-hmm. and it was at home against a Pittsburgh team that's probably going to win the Coastal, but it was at home and roster-wise, I mean, this is kind of what Miami fans have been feeling in perpetuity, right, for, for a number of years now. It's like roster-wise, we are not three touchdowns worse than the team we just lost to, Right. Like, that's what Miami fans have been feeling. That's what Virginia Tech fans have been feeling, and I think rightfully so. And Virginia Tech, I think, is the more talented team here, and I don't think there's a question about that. The issue is that, identity-wise, Virginia Tech doesn't have one on offense. And, you know, I I would say that, yeah, Virginia Tech's defense, I think, will play fine in this game. You know, I think they'll hold Sean Tucker down enough. Like, I, I think Syracuse will struggle to throw. We'll have to monitor the one thing in this game defensively for Virginia Tech is Jermaine Waller was in a walking boot last week. Fuente said, you know, if he's healthy enough to play, he'll play. It's not a long-term issue, but I don't know if he's going to be playing on Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. That thing close to the vest. Now, does it ultimately matter that much? No, probably not, because Syracuse isn't exactly throwing the ball 70 times a game. But it's just something to, to monitor because Waller is like defensive player of the year territory in the ACC. He's been outstanding. So yeah, just some just a note. I, I like Syracuse because even though Sean Tucker, you, you know what they're trying to do with Tucker and Schrader, like Tucker still had like 154 yards rushing against Clemson last week. And Virginia Tech's front is not as good as Clemson's, even though Clemson's beat up like Virginia Tech's defensive front is just not as good. Now, I think they'll sell out on the run. I don't think it'll matter. Give me Syracuse. Give me the under. I'm actually going to lock up the under, Joey. Oh, you better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Virginia Tech has been fond on those unders this year. They have been, right? Um, Under has been a popular play with Virginia Tech. Several of their games, I think all but one maybe, have gone under. Four out of five. Four out of five. So, yeah, the under is a popular play. So I don't think I'm breaking new ground here by picking the under. But, you know, I, I think Virginia Tech's defense, the, the reason why I'm picking the under is because I think Virginia Tech's defense will hold Syracuse to less than four touchdowns, which sounds insane. Like, they should be able to do that, right? But my bigger concern is whether or not Virginia Tech can score more than two touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. I think Syracuse wins this game, like, 23-14 to 14 or 21-14, to 14, something like that. I, I just like think 21-17, something like that, yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Syracuse wins outright as a three-point dog on the road. I, I like the orange here. I just, I think Virginia Tech's going to, over the course of four quarters, I think they're going to be tired defensively, and I just don't think the offense is going to deliver. It's been the story of the year so far. Even in the games yeah. where Tech's played well, the offense hasn't delivered for four quarters. Nope. For what it's worth, SP Plus says Virginia Tech winning this game by 3.8. So, you know. Great. <laughs> yeah. Slight favorite, you know, or slightly favors Virginia Tech to cover, but uh, I'm with you. Give me Syracuse to win this game outright. I, I think they they will. Syracuse has covered five in a row. Mike, Virginia Tech has failed to cover three in a row. Um, so not great. I guess I'll take the under as well. This feels like a rock fight kind of game, but also like you know the total's 45 and a half so it, it it really wouldn't take more than a couple of defensive busts or a special teams touchdown or something to to go over that so I, i'm not going to wager yeah. on it or, or lock that up but i i'm with you i kind of think syracuse wins this game outright and and gets what you know the most signature win i guess that dino babers has needed in a couple of years now we'll say that yeah yeah i just think syracuse is playing better football right now mm-hmm. and i think their defense is playing well they got like a top 30 defense right now in terms yeah. of like total yeah. defense, stuff like that. And, you know, you can point to opponent in some cases, be like, okay, who have they played offensively? But defense has been better. And I think it's because the offense is staying on the field longer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this would be a big win for Syracuse. I think it also goes into the whole Tom Fornelli thing you were just talking about. Like, may as well take the, take the points here with Cuse. Um, and, and, yeah, I think the Orange win. I, I think they're, they're playing better football. I don't know necessarily at their peak if they're the better team or not, but they're playing better football right now, so that's enough for me. We agree. Um, so I can't wait for Virginia Tech to win this game like 38 to 10. Um, yeah, same. Right. Yeah, oh, there's the offense. Found it. I'm guessing you wouldn't mind that. Uh, so, Mike, we both have Syracuse and the under. You have the under locked up. Do you have a wager on the under? Uh, I'm going to. I'm not going to put actually that much on. I'm going to say like 15 Van Gorder coin, I think. The reason why I'm going to put a little bit less on this is because even in some of the Virginia Tech like 
poor offensive performances, they've still been able to put up some points, right? Like Notre Dame was very up and down. Texas scored four, you know, they, they scored four times. Essentially, it was 29 points. It was three touchdowns and a few field goals. Mm-hmm. Random two-point conversion <laughs> um, that, that didn't happen. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go the under and 15 Van Gorder coin on the off chance Virginia Tech finds their offense. There you go. Fair enough. Okay. Syracuse in the under for both of us. Uh, I think the Orange going to Blacksburg and get the win. Uh, gross. Yeah, gross is right. Well, for yeah, for Hokies fans at least. Um, love you, Syracuse fans. The, the yeah. three of you. Nate Mink, shout podcast. out. Nate Mink. Yeah, Nate Mink and Q's Football Hype on Twitter. Shout out to them. Oh, yes, of course. I Well, I mean, Tech better win for, for my sake. If <laughs> I mean, he's already, he's already talking that trash. Q's Football Hype. That's All right. in good fun of this. Love it. Yeah. Noon on the CBS Sports Network, Mike. As the oh yeah, but by the way, there is one team in the ACC that I think has ever played a game on the CBS Sports Network, and it it could only, of course, be the Wake Forest Steam and Deeks. It was it was Wake Forest Tulane, I think, a few years ago. It was Sam Hartman's first game, or like Rice, or. Yeah, there was some like Conference USA or some opponent like that. I'm telling you, Tulane. Wake opened with Tulane. Connor O'Neill, if you're listening to this, correct me if I'm wrong. Wake Forest opened up with Tulane. Sam Hartman's first game as the Wake Forest quarterback as a true freshman. And you and I came away impressed with Wake Forest. That might be right. That might be right. This time, Mike, they are a three-point favorite on the road, taking on the troops. Mike, the Army Black Knights, they are up in, oh, God, I'm losing it. Where, Where is that in New York? Uh, West Point. West Point. Good Lord. It Hello. has been a week. Uh, the, Braves, the Braves are in the playoffs, and uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's all taking a toll on me. Yeah, sleep's at a premium. I get it. All right, so restart here. It's the number 16 Wake Forest, <laughs> Steeman Deeks, a three-point favorite on the road in West Point, taking on the troops, the Army Black Knights. Totals 52 and a half. It's at noon on the CBS Sports Network. There's there's the summary of the game, Mike. Mike, this line stinks. Yeah. Wake Wake is like a legit fringe top 15 team, and they're only only given three against Army here? Like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, give me Army. Ooh. Outright, I'm feeling I'm feeling spicy. Wake Forest coming off a bye week. Army hard fought game against Wisconsin at Camp Randall last Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with how Army played. Now, granted, it's against a bad Wisconsin team, but I mean, just looking at the rosters and looking at the size mismatch and stuff like that, like Army is outgunned in that game against Wisconsin from a physicality standpoint up front, and I thought they hung in there. Uh, Wake Forest, yes, you're coming off a bye week. You know, your last two outings against Louisville and Syracuse, you won those games by three points each. Uh, you know, Wake Forest, I think, was stronger at the beginning of the year than they were over the last two games. That Syracuse game worried me a little bit, you know? I- I'm I'm cooling on Syracuse after narrowly escaping the Carrier Dome in overtime. Like, I'm cooling, I'm cooling a little bit. Cooling a little bit on Wake. Not to say that they still won't win like 10 games or something, because they probably will, but I'm cooling on them a bit. And that's why NC State's now my favorite to win the Atlantic. 
I'm on Army. The line stinks, and I'm wondering if Wake Forest has sold us a little bit of a false bill of goods. That's what I'm wondering. Ooh. I just find out. Feeling spicy about the Deeks tonight. That is spicy. Um, it, it's it, it's an interesting exercise to me, Mike, because you look at who's who Army has played so far, and where would you rank Wake Forest against the following programs? Yep. Georgia State, Western Kentucky, Connecticut, Miami of Ohio, Ball State, and Wisconsin. Wake is the best team that Army's played. Okay. Meanwhile, I think you're correct that Wake, the last couple weeks, has started playing with their food a little more than they are actually like good enough to do so. Yes, correct. Yep. So I am a little skeptical of the Deeks in a way that I was not you know, uh, three weeks ago, maybe coming off the Virginia win. It was like, Oh yeah. Deeks are going to Charlotte. Like this is good. Right. Right. Then they go down to the wire with Louisville, which, you know, th- that's fine. Like that's a back and forth fun. Okay. With that. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay, okay with that. that. And then they completely mess around and almost lost to Syracuse in the carrier dome. And, and again, we've said Syracuse is playing better, but like this that is was wait concerning. Team. Yeah. It's supposed to be winning the, the, the Atlantic. Like, come on. So I don't I I I think I'm going to take Wake here small number the favorite but I don't feel great about it. Um this is definitely a game they could lose. Yeah. I yep. I I wonder a little bit about Army and the quality there again like they they've they're 4 and 2. They lost to Wisconsin last week. They previously before that lost by two touchdowns to Ball State. Yeah, not the greatest look not the to best. lose by two scores to Ball State. They put up a number on Connecticut, which, pff, fine, have fun. Well, they beat Western Kentucky by three in a segment that I believe was on Bad Beats on Scott Van Pelt. It um, was. They beat Miami of Ohio by 13. Like, I just, I, the record looks good. They've been good in recent years, but, like, I don't know that they are as good right now as we are used to in the last maybe two, three years. Yep. I think coming off the bye week, I think Wake will be ready for this offense, and I think they will be able to win this game by, you know, maybe 10 points or something like that. Okay. I think, I do think, I do think Wake's the better team, but I don't really get the line. I don't get the line. I don't either. It sketches me out. Yeah. So I think this is a nice spot to pick a home dog. West Point's a hell of a point to, hell of a place to play too. Uh, Yeah. You know, just like not even just the environment, but just kind of what's around you and the experience of you're going to the you know United States Military Academy and like all that stuff in the world famous West Point, New York, who nobody could ever forget the name of that town. Nope, except for one, Joseph R. Weaver the seventh. One certain podcaster here, uh, just living the Go ACC spirit to his to his fullest. Mike, totals fifty two and a half. Give me the under. It's an army game. Uh yes. Under for sure. Army's gonna sit on the ball. Yes, they like, will. It's under it's an under. There's a chance that Army holds the ball for like forty five minutes of this game if Wake keeps trying to go up tempo and doing that whole thing. Like <laughs> Yeah. The clash of styles will be very interesting. Like that that's something I am looking forward to that we didn't get an opportunity to see with Army and Wisconsin because Wisconsin is more than happy to just muck up a game. Muck with an M. <laughs> muck up a game. Yeah, careful and with your just, pronunciations here. This is a family yes, show, Mike. With an, M, with an M. I know it's late. I know it's 
week eight preview after dark or whatever, but uh, they have a way of uglying things up in a very Wisconsin way. And Army loves to just sit on the ball. Like that game was over in like two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. This Wake Forest game is interesting because Wake likes to play a little bit up tempo offensively and Army likes to sit on it. So we're going to be seeing a clash of styles here as well. So I am going with the under because I do think Army is going to have some success on offense. I think if you think Army is having success on offense, just pick the under because even if they score a bunch of points, they are going to sit on the ball and take the air out of it and milk that clock. Yep. Yep. Uh, I am with you. Um, both these teams actually fairly balanced over versus under, but you know, army hadn't seen a total this year above 52. So, you know, keep that in mind. Yep. Yep. So wake and the under for me, army and the under for you, Mike, um, should be interesting. Once again, no, no wagers here either way. There's a lot of these games that we are not wagering on. Like the lines are, lines are good. Yeah, the lines are good this week. Um, with the exception of the NC State game, I, I can see your logic on the on the Pittsburgh under, and I really like the Virginia Tech under as well. Yeah, and that's that's about it. With the exception, Mike, of noon on the ACC Network, as the world-famous UMass Minutemen, led by former Florida State offensive coordinator Walt Bell, heading to Tallahassee, taking on those Florida State Seminoles. The Knowles, Mike are a 35-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. There's part of me that thinks, does Florida State really deserve to be favored by 35-and-a-half against anybody? Like, principal, take UMass. On the other hand, it's UMass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, I mean, I think everybody's in agreement that... I mean, but everybody was in agreement with the Jacksonville State game, right? So... I think everybody's in agreement. Florida State should win this football game, right? Mm-hmm. I am going with UMass to cover. Oh, you know UMass, they they beat UConn. Uh, they stayed within seventeen of Boston College. Uh, they they lost by forty four to Pittsburgh. But if you think about it, that that game was on the road, right? And that that Pittsburgh team too like even if you lose that game by by 44 points like you're only giving up like eight or nine points to, to Florida State I mean Pittsburgh's offense is really good like you, you sure Florida State's gonna be able to hang like 51 on UMass or like even get into the 40s I understand it's UMass Joey I know how bad UMass is right I do but I Florida State has a tendency to play down to their opponents a lot. And I just have a hard time picking them as a little over a five touchdown favorite. I think Florida State wins like, I don't know, 41 to 14 or something. Mm -hmm. You know, win by, win by like 27 or 28. And it's never competitive and they're on cruise control, but. Five touchdowns is a ton. I feel like you get like a late cover score or something like that. I'm talking you into it, aren't I? You, I'm talking you, you into it. You are. You are. I, I was ready to just like – I think, again, I think there's some hard feelings around Walt Bell and, and UMass and Florida State and all that. Like I, I felt like Florida State was going to be ready to put up a number, but you're you're so right. Like Florida State does this, right? They 
like just completely and totally overmatched teams go in there and somehow it's it's a game in the fourth quarter. I uh, Florida State has has figured a couple things out on offense. I think their last couple games. I just I need more consistency before I can be willing to give thirty five and a hook with the Knolls. Like yeah. So yeah, give me UMass to cover. I don't I don't want to wager on this at all. Um, yeah, I do like the under. I think. 60s quite a bit yeah. yeah um yeah yeah i'll take the under with you on that yeah yeah i might put a little bit on the under give me uh give me 15 van gorder coin on the under i would do more but like there's weird uncertainty here yeah Just, there, there is a lot of you know a lot of nonsense potential in this game yeah for sure yeah so florida state wins comfortably but i think uh I think UMass covers at that 35 and a half. Am I comfortable enough to bet it? Absolutely not. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think there's opportunity there for UMass to, to play nicer. I, I, I appreciate your uh, you're talking me into this because <laughs> I feel like the uh, the viewing experience as a Florida State better would have been uh, pretty brutal, to say the least. Yeah, this would be like the UConn Kansas game about a month ago. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah, big yikes. Have fun with that. Yeah, UMass and the under, and Mike, you've got fifteen on the under. Uh, that's all we got in terms of ACC games, Mike. But the honorary ACC game of the week: the Eastern Michigan Eagles on the road taking on the Bowling Green Falcons. Falcons, a three-point underdog at home at noon on pay-per-view, aka ESPN Plus. Uh, this had to be reserved for pay-per-view, Mike. On Cinemax. Yeah, re- regular. Uh, yeah, children's eyes are not allowed to watch Eastern Michigan and Bowling Green. Um, Mike, give me the Eagles. Bowling Green been on a nice run. They've covered a lot of spreads. This is too too small. Give me the Eagles. I'll take Eastern yeah, Michigan. Yeah, this is like Cinemax for mature audiences only. <laughs> I think there was another kids- name they used to use for the late night programming. It was kind of like that. It kind of rhymed, but yeah, I won't say yeah. it on this family program. <laughs> Yeah, probably not. Hide your kids, hide your wife, I think, for this one. Uh, Battle of the Birds here as well. That's right. Maybe this will be on National Geographic or something. Hello. That'd be something, huh? Get a little extra sound effect in there. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I'll go with Bowling Green, home dog. Give me the Fighting Lefflers. All right. Give me the Fighting Lefflers. You love your home dogs this week. How many home dogs am I on here? I'm on Army, Bowling Green. I think that's it. And that's it. <laughs> it might be all. Love my home dogs, though. Love them. <laughs> Why not? Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. Love your home dogs this week. How many are there? Oh, two. I mean, I think I've picked like 200 dogs the entire week, so uh, I'm Throughout sure I won't regret games. that. Right. Right. All right. Mike, that's all I got. Uh, week eight games. Let's recap here. Uh, again, just big picks. I locked up under 48 in Clemson Pittsburgh with 20 Van Gorder coin. We both locked up NC state minus the three against Miami on the road in 20 Van Gorder coin a piece. And then you locked up the under 45 and a half in Syracuse, Virginia tech with 15 Van Gorder coin. And then you also wagered 15 Van Gorder coin on the under 60 for UMass Florida state. Uh, 
Um, I think just for the sake of having a third game to wager on, um, let me throw uh, I'll throw ten Van Gorda coin on Boston College to cover the six and a half against Louisville. Um, there it is. That line does not just doesn't speak to me well as a Louisville fan. I I, I don't like where that's going. I think Boston College is going to be in good shape there. We're on it. We're on it. Mike, that's all we got in terms of ACC picks. Other games this weekend that you are interested in, uh, what what do you got here? So, I'm on Notre Dame, my six and a half, home against USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC is just, I say what you will about Notre Dame, but USC is just a mess. Like, Keaton Slovis, a quarterback, is just not it. He's not it. Mm-mm. Uh, I think they thought he was, but not anymore. Uh, interim coach situation, going to South Bend, playing for pride. I mean, yes, USC is three and three. They could conceivably go to a bowl game. I get it, but like you're essentially playing for pride. I think Notre Dame's a much better team here. I think they cover six and a half. I actually really like that bet a lot. A game I'm looking at, I'm not entirely sure. I know the entire point of this segment is to you know games we're interested in. I'm interested, but I'm not sure if I'm going to bet it. Cincinnati is a 28-point favorite against Navy. Navy is bad. Yeah. Navy's Navy's in a rough patch. Navy's bad, and Cincinnati has been rolling over everybody they play. Can Navy establish enough of a run, right? Because Cincinnati hasn't frequently seen the triple option. Can Navy establish enough of a run? to sit on the ball and cover 28 because you got a weird total in that game too. Totals 48 and a half, right? So you're either expecting like, uh, you know, 40 to, I don't know, 38. I'm trying to do math in my head at almost one in the morning. Uh, anyway, you're, you're expecting Cincinnati to win that game like pretty handily, but Navy to basically just not score, which. Yeah. The point is like huge spread, small total, probably yeah. taking the underdog probably taking the underdog so i i have a hard time betting against cincinnati because they are you know i do i am holding a cincinnati plus 2200 to make the playoff ticket which i'm feeling better and better about by the week by the way yeah you're cooking on that i mean this if there's going to be a year to put a group of five team in this might be it and i'm holding that plus 2200 with my ten dollar bet and that feels really really good right about now Mm -hmm. i hate to bet against cincinnati but I don't know. I could get interested. If this got up to like 29 or 30, I think I'm going to be on Navy, but I don't know. That's an interesting line. There are a couple more. Oh, I like Purdue at home against Wisconsin. I get that you're coming off of it. Purdue's coming off of a huge win, and you're in a little bit of a letdown spot. Mm-hmm. Three-point home dog against a team that I don't believe is very good. I, I like Purdue there a lot. Uh, I think they avoid kind of that, that letdown. You know, after that strong showing against Iowa at Kinnick, you're coming back home. I, I think they win that game. What do you think? I I am definitely nervous about the letdown factor there. Um, yeah. And, and Wisconsin is a team that can absolutely just like ground you into a fine paste, right? Like yes. So that's that's on the table. Um, so that that's where I would kind of leave that one alone. But I, I I mean I see the thought too is that I think Purdue is is kind of pulling it together like they're starting to play some good ball. They are Wisconsin too. What I will say is that like we're all willing to kind of pile on that how bad they've looked. But if you look at who they've played to get the record that they have achieved, you know they're they're three and three. They had a one score loss to Penn State. 
they were winning, I believe, against Notre Dame going into the fourth quarter, and then they lost to Michigan. So their three losses are to three teams that have a combined two losses among them. Like, they haven't been beaten by bad teams. Like, they've been beaten by really good teams, and then they looked really convincing against Eastern Michigan, Illinois, and they just pulled one out against Army last weekend. So I, I'm curious. This, I, I think this is a game where you could learn about both of these teams. Um, so that's one. If you have the Big Ten Network at 3 o'clock on Saturday, uh, this is an interesting one to tune into and kind of see what happens and, and learn something about both these teams, I think. Definitely. Uh, one I really like is UTSA minus six and a half at Louisiana Tech. Yo. Yo. UTSA is like for real, for real, I think. Mm -hmm. And Louisiana Tech. Every Louisiana Tech was a, was a hot pick against UTEP last week. Everybody was like, yep, we're riding with Louisiana Tech minus six and a half or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I said on this podcast, I was like, man, are we sure? Like, yeah. Are we absolutely yeah. sure we're going to bet against UTEP here? And UTEP won that game 19 to three. Louisiana Tech looked awful offensively. I think they're going to look awful offensively in this game as well. So yep. give me the road runners. I don't hate Colorado plus eight and a half at Cal. Um, I just oh. don't. I just don't think Cal is a team that should be favored by more than a touchdown against conference opponents at this point. Can, can they score nine points? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Either one of them. Well, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Good. Good question. I was going to say Cal, but yeah. Fair question. Yeah. Uh, I'm also kind of intrigued by Utah minus the three at Oregon State. Like, small favorite, but Utah, again, a team that's kind of pulling it together. They struggled that first month, but they've been looking much better recently. Yeah. Yep. A&M. I, I like A&M. Minus 19 and a half. South Carolina is now back on the graduate transfer quarterback. So Yeah, that, that's that's the uh, the good old put-up-a-number game uh, where yeah. Jimbo's going to know what the spread is, and he's going to make sure they get there. Yep. Um, speaking of which, again, speaking of Pac-12 games, the uh, sketchy line of the week, the uh, highly ranked Oregon Ducks are a two-point underdog yeah. in Pasadena taking on the UCLA Bruins. I don't have an opinion there, but just what in the world is that spread? <laughs> like, I, Have fun betting that. Yeah, uh, I will be staying away from that. Yeah, mm -hmm. no idea. Yeah, that's one of those games I have no idea what to think. And yeah. then one, yeah. let's do one more. Yeah, let, let's go. Let's go back to the Mountain West. Nevada, three and a half point dog on the road at Fresno. Don't mind. Don't mind Nevada there. Fresno, a little up and down. Fresno's Nevada plans pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Mike, let me tell you about how much Fresno State football I've been watching this year. They lost by three to Hawaii. Granted, it was on the road. Yeah. Uh, took that Oregon Wyoming to the limit. Got, yes. Well, yes. Um, they beat Wyoming 17, nothing. I thought that game would get weird. It did. It was pretty boring actually, but weird. They mm -hmm. couldn't really pull away. I don't know. And, and Nevada, I feel like there's just been more upside with, with what they've been doing. I don't mind taking a road dog there inside four points. Yeah. Well, and a, and a team with a quarterback like they have, I mean, that's hard to bet against Carson bet. Strong. Yeah, hard to bet against Carson Strong. Yep, yep. Um, the other one that stuck out to me was a top 10 Oklahoma State going to Ames, Iowa, where they're an underdog by a touchdown. 
to an unranked Iowa State team. That's the the other stinky line of the week that like should tell you. Yeah, something. yeah, we're getting back on the uh, Iowa State bandwagon. I think. Yep. All aboard! Their path to the Big Twelve championship is certainly not impossible at this point. This would choo, be a pretty big win. Choo choo. And Oklahoma State is. Uh, I mean, if it makes Iowa State feel any better, like Oklahoma State. I don't know why this would make Iowa State feel better because they never beat Iowa. But uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State is uh, low-key kind of like Big 12 Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not as extreme on both ends, but right. very good defense, largely ineffective offense, Yeah, <laughs> but keep winning games. Yeah. They're basically like, imagine how Virginia Tech would be if they won a couple one-score games. That's what Oklahoma State is. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I think the last one I'm interested in is also in the Mountain West. Uh, San Diego State, I believe, has beaten Air Force something like five or six times in a row, and they are a three-and-a-half-point yeah. underdog in Colorado Springs. So give me the Aztecs there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's – I have a feeling I'm going to be betting a lot of Mountain West because I don't mind that line either. <laughs> well, you better be pacing yourself on Saturday because you're going to be up late watching those games. Uh, and pace myself, I won't because I'm going to a brunch on Saturday morning. And then my wife's got plans in the afternoon, which means it'll be uh, beer o'clock earlier than usual. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong, Mike? I, like Scott Van Pelt says, you know, it's 2 a.m. You've had 64 beers. You decide to fire on Nevada as a 31-point favorite or whatever they were. It's like Scott Van Pelt is like in my house watching me. It's crazy. He's yeah, he's uh, he's been a approaching middle aged male before. <laughs> that's insulting to us, huh? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a thought. Yeah, we're not there yet. Not quite, not quite. I, I'm trying to stay young, but you know, it can be tough. Yes. Speaking of which, Mike, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. Um, <laughs> Let's get out of here. Let's go watch these games. Uh, we're going to come back and recap them at the end of the weekend. Uh, in the meantime, y'all can find us on Twitter. I am at FJRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns. The longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. And thank you to the uh, listener who... Uh, sent us an email, and Mike, you pointed this out right before we started recording, that we got an email clarifying the fact that Wake Forest has, in fact, had college game day there before. And, in fact, it was just last year. The problem was it was the first weekend of the year, and there was no fans in attendance or anything like that. So, uh, you know, go back again. Go back again, please. Yeah. Yeah, run it back with, with fans. That'd be good. Let's make it count this time. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, Spotify, all the other good places they can find podcasts. And do you want to tell them where else they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all your podcasts there. Check us out on Instagram at BC Podcast ACC. And we have not gotten a review on Apple in nine days. And counting. Fix it. It's on you guys. It's on you guys. Fix it. We believe yep. in you. We appreciate you. We cherish you. We love you. But that's on you guys. Let's make it work. Fix it. Yep. Uh, Mike, I think that's all I've got. Anything else before we get out of here? Let's go watch some really weird ACC football. Can't wait. Also, go Braves. Uh, 
Yes, go Braves. Go Red Sox. Down 3-2. Backs have been against the wall before. We don't have any pitching, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> Cobble it together. Maybe yeah, they'll just cobble. split those 64 beers I'm going to drink on Saturday. Then they'll, uh, you know, they'll go in fearless and they'll figure it out. Just hit, just hit a million grand slams like you did in the first couple games of the series. You'll be all right. <laughs> there you go. That's a good strategy. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Mike, have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. We will talk on Sunday. Yes, sir. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.